What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 86, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest joining this episode, and that is Michigan infielder and Big Ten champion, Ted Burton. How are you doing, Ted? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining. So how is baseball going? I know you had practice today. I know you did a little batting before you joined as well. How is baseball going overall for you and Michigan? Uh, baseball is going great. You know, it's been a big change this year um, with the new coaching staff. We lost a lot of guys this year, but with that came a great new coaching staff and, and a new set of guys to step up to the plate. So I'm excited for this year. We've been working hard. Um, you know, it's getting into the thick of it. So it's all the conditioning, all the hard stuff um, doesn't stop. But at the same time, we're just getting our bodies ready for this weekend. Yeah. So how is it with a new coaching staff? You had a really great coaching staff. Last year, your head coach, I believe, left to go to Clemson. If I'm, if I'm not correct, please correct me. But how is the new coaching staff? It seems like everyone really enjoyed the hire, and it seems like he's a great coach coming in. Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. You know, I came to Michigan originally, obviously because it is Michigan, and it's you know the name speaks for itself. Love Ann Arbor, love everything about it. But originally came to Michigan also because of. Uh, Coach Eric Backich and uh, his staff with Nick Schnabel, um, Brandon Inge, Max Gordon, Chris Fetter, all those guys. Um, learned a ton through them, progressed as a player and as a person. Um, with them leaving, obviously, I was upset, but I've heard nothing but great things about uh, Coach Tracy Smith and uh, the staff he brought in with Ben Greenspan, Tyler Graham, uh, Brock. All those guys are, you know, they they there was no drag. We just picked up where we left off. They brought some new great things into our culture. I'm still learning to this day through those guys. It's just great to see another set of eyes on the game, and uh, it's a great way to learn. So, yeah, no, it's it's been awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. It's been awesome and that you've enjoyed and that you enjoyed the new coaching staff. You have a couple of games going on later this week. We'll talk about those games. We'll talk about your season. But the first thing I really want to kind of talk about is the path to playing baseball because every athlete has – a different path to the sport that they play. Some athletes play a lot of different sports in their life. Others mainly focus on one. What was kind of your path to playing baseball like? And was it kind of always your goal of to play college baseball? Or was that more towards your later half of your high school playing days? Yeah, it's. Uh, I came from a family who's mostly athletes. My mom was a skier in college. My dad was an all-American swimmer at the University of Maryland. Um, one of my sisters swam at the university uh, at UCLA. She was an all-American. Uh, my dad played baseball in high school, but my dad's biggest thing was for all three of uh, me and my two sisters was to play as many sports as possible, have as many hobbies as possible, and when it comes to it, you can kind of pick and choose what you think you're successful at, what you love to do. But at the end of the day, I played football, lacrosse, baseball growing up, and uh, I made the decision right before high school that I would like to just, you know, focus on baseball. I dropped lacrosse and football. Um, but I think the best thing with playing multiple sports at a young age is it just develops a different type of athleticism from an agility standpoint. And baseball is looked at as sort of a, you know, stationary sport where you're kind of stand still for a little while. However, it, it's the sports like lacrosse and football that have taught me the quick twitch muscles. And uh, I think the best thing a kid can do is to play multiple sports at a young age, learn, you know, how your body moves and uh, how to kind of control it. But right before high school, uh, I made the decision to play baseball. 
And, uh, you know, I would never look back. I'd never change anything. It's the best decision I've ever made. And I love baseball and I would never change that. Yeah. And before we go on to talk about your whole recruiting process, how you got to Michigan, there was one sport that you mentioned that I'm kind of interested in. Did you ever swim? Because it is kind of, that's kind of a sport where like, if you have other family members do it, you kind of do it as well. It's kind of like a whole like family thing. It's not like super popular unless your family does it. You don't, you might have never done it, but it just always seems like it's kind of a family thing. Definitely. And it seems like your sister did it. And I think you said your dad yep. did it as well. That's right. Yeah, no, I did it at a young age. Um, it wasn't for me personally. I like being on land and having a little more control with my feet. Um, but that being said, I love, I grew up in California, so I love the ocean. I love surfing growing up. Um, I do think there's a lot of you know, success that came out of that, that, that led to baseball. Um, it's no joke swimming. It's, it's one of the hardest sports. I have all the respect in the world for it. Um, I, I see what they do and I just, I couldn't imagine doing that myself. Yeah. It's an extremely hard sport. It's one that a lot of people don't do, and I don't think it gets its respect that deserves. I think you said it's correct, but you also did mention you're from California. So how did you decide to go to Michigan? How was your recruitment process like? Because you've already won a Big Ten championship. You've seen Michigan win Big Ten championships. You've seen them go in long NCAA tournament runs. But you're from California. How do you end up in a state in Michigan, which I love, but, like, the weather between California and Michigan is pretty drastic? Yeah. No, I get this question all the time. Uh, For me, the recruiting process really started my sophomore year of high school. I was a late bloomer. I came into high school at about five foot six, 130 pounds. By my sophomore year, I was six foot two, about 160 pounds. It was just a big year just to grow and fill out. Um, You know, with that being said, I filled out more and more each year. But I was looking at a lot of California schools between UCLA, USC, Cal State Fullerton. Um, Up north, I was looking at Washington, Oregon. And then the south, I was really only looking at Clemson. And uh, I looked at Air Force. But before I committed anywhere, um, I was in Georgia playing in a tournament and, uh, the Michigan baseball head coach, Eric Backage was at our game. And I played for a really talented team in high school, um, in travel ball. And he said, I really love this team. I want everyone on this team to be at Michigan. However, I can only recruit two of the kids on the team. And my dad asked, why is that? And it's obviously because Michigan is, it's really hard to recruit for one because of the athletics, but also the academics. So um, I value my academics very much. Um, That is kind of what separated Michigan from the rest for me. I was willing to sacrifice the cold. At most, I look at it as an advantage because I feel a lot tougher. Um, I was in that California bubble. But coming to Michigan, I've become a bit more of a man and uh, more of a well-rounded person. Yeah, and so how was that? What I know people don't necessarily talk about, like, people from the West Coast or, like, the South coming to places like Michigan, Ohio, Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota, Illinois, I definitely think it's extremely probably difficult to come to these states, especially in the middle of winter. It was probably not extremely easy for you for your first couple of years. You're probably used to it by now, but that was probably a little bit of a rough transition, especially in the sport of baseball that you kind of play all year and especially in the spring, 
Michigan in the spring, not as nice as a lot of other states. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, we are on the road for the first month of every year. Um, it is too cold to play here in the month of February and a little bit of March. Um, there are some freak weeks in April where it's just, it's been, it's been tough. It's been brutal where it's uh, hailing, it's 27, 28 degrees. And, um, you know, you, in the back of your head, you're like, this sucks, but you got to push through. It's, um, it's something not, not everyone has to go through, especially in sports. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of go into your season a little bit because it started on Friday. Um, before the season, you were kind of named one of the top infielders in the Big Ten, top 23rd baseman overall in college. You're coming off a year where you hit your most home runs in the season, had a ton of walks. What are some aspects of your game you've really been kind of working on and want to see get better this year, take that next step up from your season that you had last year? Yeah, um, coming off sophomore year was uh, definitely my best career year at Michigan so far. Um, last year, my power numbers went up uh, from a home run standpoint. My walks went up. However, my strikeouts did go up with that as well, which is pretty typical when you look at power numbers. If they go up, your strikeouts tend to go up. Uh, but this year, I'm really focused on, you know, being a little bit more aggressive at the plate, uh, cutting down on my strikeouts. Felt a little bit passive at times last year. Um, just kind of finding my groove. I feel like I do the best when I'm the most relaxed. And uh, that's something our coaching staff always preaches, past coaching staff and new. That when you just your your quick twitch when you relax and uh, at the end of the day that's just kind of my thought process. Yeah, so those are some of your goals to improve on. Do you have any other goals for you individually? And can you kind of talk a little bit about your team's goals as a whole for the season? Because it seems like almost every team kind of has specific goals they want to reach, and I'm assuming you being from Michigan and playing Michigan, you probably a big 10 championship is probably one of those goals that you guys want to reach. I'm assuming. 100%. Yeah. We, uh, we always talk about it. There's five championships to win. It's a big 10 regular season championship, a big 10 tournament championship, a regional championship, super regional championship and a national championship. Uh, I mean, we play one game at a time at all times, but, and that's always in the back of our heads. That's something we write on the wall. Um, we definitely value being in a great conference and a power five in the big 10. Uh, we know our competition is just extremely competitive and, uh, you know, winning that big 10 championship last year was, was awesome. But at the end of the day, the reason I'm back at Michigan is because I'm not satisfied. I know this team's not satisfied with just that. Um, being a Northern baseball team, we always are unexpected to go all the way. And, uh, you know, we kind of like having that on our backs. There's nothing to lose and we just go out there and have fun. Yeah, there's no, there's absolutely no target on your back. You might not be considered a favorite. It kind of seems like a lot of the teams down south, like T Tennessee, Florida, Vanderbilt, also some teams on the West Coast as well. It kind of always seems like those teams are kind of the favorites in college baseball, but there always seems like there's a team like Michigan or Indiana or some team in the Midwest that always makes a run at the college football playoff or mm -hmm. sorry, college football world series. And Michigan did that, I believe a few years ago when you guys played Vanderbilt. I don't, were you there when you guys played Vanderbilt or was that before 
Yeah. Unfortunately, I missed that by one year. I was uh, coming in the following year. Okay. But, yeah, that's just – it's just extremely hard to get there in college baseball in Michigan, and you have had a whole ton of success going in there. But I think one of the main goals for most college baseball players is to play professionally, is to make it to the MLB to get drafted. If that really becomes a reality – how would you honestly feel? I know that's kind of a general question, but you've put in a full four years of effort at Michigan to get to that goal. So kind of broadcasting out, but how how would that moment, do you think, if you had to guess, how would that feel to finally be able to say, hey, I've reached that goal. I accomplished getting drafted in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, it would be a dream come true. Um I've had, you know, options to, you know, go that route. And at the end of the day, I, I felt unsatisfied at Michigan. Uh, I wanted to, you know, take a step up from what we did years prior. And I want to carry on what the team before me did um, going, by going to the national championship. Um, there's unfinished business here. So my biggest thing is I want to come out of this year and I want to feel satisfied. I want this team to do great things. I want to shock the world with this team, um, you know, and then, getting drafted would be the end goal. That's been my dream ever since I was a kid um, playing professional baseball. You know, that's, it's pretty, it's pretty special. Not everyone can say they do that. It's 0.001%. You know, it's uh, it's the end goal for sure, but it would it'd definitely be a dream come true. Yeah. And I really hope that you can accomplish that goal. And I definitely think you're going to have a great season this year. And that's because you guys, season starts on Friday. You guys are actually traveling this week to play your first game in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Your first game is against Fresno State. Then it's against Michigan State, Mm -hmm. your rival. How are you feeling about starting your first game in a couple of days in your senior season, especially against teams like Fresno State and your second game of the season being against Michigan State, which is, of course, your rival in this state of Michigan. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I know this team is hungry. Uh, it was a heartbreaking thing what happened last year in Louisville. Um, you know, uh, came down to one call, uh, and it didn't go on our way, unfortunately. But you know, this team's hungry. We're we're not looking this at this as a new year. We're trying to pick up where we left off. Uh, we have a lot of great returners. We still have some kids on the team from the Omaha team. Um, a lot of kids uh, from the Big Ten championship team last year. We are definitely hungry. Um, we're excited. I mean, we get to go to sunny Arizona, open up against Fresno State. It was a great team. Aaron Judge went there. A lot of famous alumni, and I know they got a good team. When it comes to Michigan State, uh, before I get into a rivalry side, I, I just want to take a second and, uh, you know, put baseball aside and just look at the bigger picture with what's happened uh, last night. Um it's tragic event and it's bigger than sports. Uh, my heart's with Michigan state, especially today and last night, uh, when baseball comes, that'll be itself. But as of right now, I just want to take a second and appreciate, um, the community coming together after this tragic event and it's bigger than sports. So rivalry side, my heart is with Michigan state right now. And I think this game on Friday, the game on Saturday for basketball between Michigan and Michigan state are, great opportunities to come together i know like especially i don't know how the rivalry is in baseball but outside of that there's been 
sometimes where it's been extremely difficult between Michigan State and Michigan. There's not been a lot of like between each other, but I think this is an opportunity where we can finally have people coming together and realizing that this is much more than just about sports. This is much more than anything we could ever imagine. I really hope that this brings the both fan bases together. Now, am I saying that the rivalry will go away because of that? I don't think the rivalry will go away, but I think this is a time where all Spartans, we're all Wolverines, whatever sports team you cheer for, I think it's about all being about Spartan strong at this point. It's all about supporting. It's all about being there for the people that were affected. It's unimaginable of what happened. I definitely think this is a great opportunity, and I definitely think people will appreciate what you said, and it's much more about sports right now. It's about those individuals, and it's about coming together as human beings and making a change. I think with all these uh, games against Sparty coming up, I think um, you're going to feel it's going to be a different environment for sure. I think it's going to be, you know, people kind of coming together a little bit more. Um, It's always a big deal whenever, you know, it's whether it's Ohio state or Michigan state, it's always this you versus me mentality, but it's going to be really cool um, to see uh, this community come together. Um, We're all, you know, going through it. We have loved ones who are involved in that. Um, whether you, you go to Michigan or Michigan State, this is just bigger than sports. And I think the community is going to realize that and it's going to be a special moment um, when we're playing on Friday and then when basketball plays as well. Yeah, and I really appreciate your statement. Like I said, I definitely think a lot of people will appreciate that statement. I definitely think a lot of people share the same sentiment as you do all around the country. Definitely. Yeah, I know it needs to be said. So now let's talk about we talked about the season a little bit um let's talk about some memories because you probably have quite a few really good memories what would you say is one at your time at Michigan what would you say is one of your greatest memories you have had on and off the field and then after this we'll talk a little bit about your challenges because great memories always comes with great challenges yeah yeah, um, on the field, I mean, this is easy for me. The Big Ten Championship was uh, one of the coolest feelings I've ever felt personally uh, from a team, you know, who's had a, a major roller coaster of a year leading up to it. Our coach uh, sat us down and said, listen, we're just playing for the tournament now. We made it. We got this far. I know it's been a rough ride, but it's in the past. Let's, uh, let's buckle down. Everyone get in the right mindset. Everyone has each other's back. And it was just really cool for the first time to really see – each teammate play for each other and play for Michigan. Um, just having that feeling of uh, being the underdogs all tournament, not expecting to win. I think it was, I'm not too sure on the numbers, but it was like eight of our last 10 games we weren't expected to win. We went out there and won, I think like six out or seven out of those eight games. Um, it's just talent for talent. We may not have been as good as on paper as some of these teams, but coming together and just playing for something bigger than ourselves was uh the coolest thing I've ever seen and I've never felt anything like that. So uh, that's something, you know, I've preached and I know uh, some of our other teammates and our captains have preached to this team as well, that it's bigger than the individual we're playing for the greatest university in the world. Yeah. And honestly in sports, while 
paper is important. It's about playing the game. It's about showing up. Whatever's on paper doesn't necessarily mean what's going to happen. And we've seen that in every sport. We've seen that in March Madness. We've seen that in baseball. You're describing of how you guys weren't supposed to win a majority of those games and you end up doing it. It's all about showing up that day how you play, and if you play better, if you play harder than the other team, especially in the sport of baseball where you see a lot of teams that are quote-unquote the favorite to win it all, a lot of the times they don't. And that's because of how difficult of a sport baseball is. But that's also all about how close teams are compared to each other. Definitely. Yeah, that's how we kind of look at every game. Anyone could beat anyone on any given day. It's uh, we also don't look at, I know like everyone says on paper, on paper, but at the end of the day, you're not playing the other team. You're just playing the game. You're playing the ball. You're not changing your mentality, no matter who it is. Obviously with Ohio state, Michigan state, the stakes are a little bit higher, but at the end of the day, you're, you're playing baseball, you're playing football, you're playing basketball. You're not playing your opponent. It's either you beat yourself or you beat, you know, you beat the ball. Exactly. So you were talking a little bit about your greatest, your greatest memory, but every athlete has challenges and especially for baseball players, that's no exception because depending on who you talk to, some people might say baseball is the hardest sport to play. So what are some of your greatest challenges that you've had? How have you been able to fight and hopefully overcome those challenges? Yeah, um, when people say that uh, it's the hardest sport, it, it really is. Um, from a, definitely from a mentality standpoint as well. It's just you know hitting a ball and having I'm not too sure on the exact science or the numbers of it, but it's like well under a second to react to whether you're going to swing or not. Uh, it's the only sport where if you're successful three out of ten times, you're a Hall of Famer. Um, it's taught me a lot of life lessons. You know, failure is part of the game. Failure is part of life. It's how you react. It's how you learn from your mistakes, from your failures, and uh, how you bounce back. So if I have a bat at bat, um, yeah, I know I have all the teammates, my teammates picking me up, um, and I step in the box. I like get a new game every time. Every pitch is a new pitch, and I just try to win as many of them as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there's been a lot of great players that, yeah, they get a hit every three times out of every – 10 at bats you also have a lot of players that hit a bunch of home runs or maybe don't get on base a whole lot as well it's just something that's extremely difficult and being able to consistently be good especially in the MLB you you even said it's like a 0.001% chance of being able to make it that just shows you how hard it is to get into it and how hard to consistently play because we've seen several really great players especially in the minor league system especially at triple a i kind of call them quadruple a players like they're they're too good for triple a but they're not good enough to last a long time in the major leagues Mm -hmm. there's a huge difference and there's a huge jump from every single level of athletes and we've seen some great players like Mike Trout, Miguel Cabrera, Pujols, Bryce Harper. We've seen players that have been consistently the top players in the league year in and year out for many many years 
but we've also seen a lot of players have a good year or two and then might not have the that year going forward. So it's definitely right. a, a very difficult sport to play. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, the, it's the mental side of it. That's the biggest thing. It's if you, you know, you like you said, every step of uh, pr- professional baseball, single to double to triple to the majors, it's uh it's a big step. So you got to be able to handle that failure. You got to be able to slow the ball down, slow the game down. And uh, those guys who do have a great year or two, it's not because they lack the talent. It's not because they lack the work ethic. Most of the time it's because, you know, they get in their head. They start doubting themselves. They start second guessing. Maybe they don't think they're good enough when in reality they are. That's kind of like the beauty in the beast about baseball. It's just, it's, I think Yogi Bear had a quote, it's 90% mental and 10% physical. Yeah, and we've seen players that have gotten off to a rough starts this season. We've also seen players go on a streak where they go like 0 for 20. We've seen amazing players do that. It happens mm-hmm. in the sport of baseball, and it's all about, like you said, how you respond to that adversity and how you respond to that mental side of things. And if you don't, if you don't have that mental toughness or you don't respond well to that, baseball is going to catch up to you and pass you or you're not, you're going to not be at the MLB anymore. You're not going to be playing. It's probably one of the toughest mental sports in all of sports, just because of how many times you fail compared to how many times you succeed. You fail more than you succeed. Like yep. no, no, no one bats an average of 500 or 600. People bat a good batting average in the MLBs above a three hundred, like yeah. like you said. Nowadays, honestly, it's above two fifty. It's <laughs> pitching's just getting better, technology's getting better. You don't see many guys hitting above three hundred anymore. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's between five and ten players in the whole league, at least that play consistently, are batting above three hundred, and it's 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 pretty it's pretty ridiculous to to see that. Um, 250 is like the standard good batting average nowadays. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And you also have pitchers touching 100 miles per hour pretty easily. Like when I first watched baseball, I remember players like Joel Zumaya. He was, I think, one of the first ones who touched 100. But now you're seeing like Chapman throw like 103, 104. You see JV throwing 102, 103. A couple of years ago, but he's not that he doesn't throw that anymore. But you're seeing starters, you're seeing closers, you're not really seeing a lot of pitchers that are throwing 90, 92, 93 like they were 10, 15 years ago, or maybe even five years ago. Now you're seeing the pitchers that are throwing harder, which makes the job on the hitter that much more difficult. And it's making their breaking balls harder to hit. You're seeing different types of breaking ball, balls like splitters, curveballs sliders change ups it just makes the jab as a hitter much harder which is the reason why i think the average is dropping also because it feels like more players are hitting home runs now than they ever have before as well so i think that kind of plays a factor in it as well though definitely and the game's always changing which is uh the interesting part of it you you look at football and yeah there's safety precautions put into football but the game itself doesn't necessarily change same with basketball same with golf, same with uh, pretty much every major sport. But baseball, you know, they're adapting. It's been a sport that used to be loved. It's America's pastime. It was always the most watched sport. 
um, everyone's favorite sport, but you've kind of seen a fall off over the past couple of years, but new rules have been put into place with pitch clocks that kind of speed the game up, especially in NCAA this year, they added um, the pitcher. I, I got to remember it's the pitcher has to be pitch every ball within 20 seconds and the batter has to be in the box ready to hit every 10 seconds. So you see stuff like that and it's just, okay, the game's speeding up. You got to find a way to slow it down. So that's going to be another struggle for, uh, for some people as the game keeps evolving. Yeah. And it's all about analytics nowadays. It's all about where's the majority of the direction a fielder typically hits. You're seeing team shifts. Now I believe the shifts going away from the MLB. I don't know if it's going in college, but you're seeing these analytics come into play, which is extremely fascinating in itself, but also it's going to completely change the game of baseball that has been constantly changing. And it's kind of sad. It's also kind of difficult to see because you're seeing a lot of these younger generations and you were talking a little bit about it as well they're not getting into the sport of baseball anymore and it's all about football basketball and Mm -hmm. while am i the biggest baseball fan in the world i'm going to be completely honest with you i'm i'm not i love watching baseball do i love football and basketball more absolutely also, mm-hmm. that kind of helps because the Tigers have sucked for the last, like, six, <laughs> seven years. So, yeah. I, I don't know who you cheer for in baseball. If you cheer for the Tigers, I have to apologize. Hopefully, you have a good team that you cheer for. But yeah. that probably doesn't help having a very bad team in the city of Detroit that um, doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Tigers, they have a great farm system, though. I think the future, you know, could be very bright in it. Honestly, I think it could take one year, one great Tigers year for, uh, you know, the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan to kind of, you know, get back to loving the Tigers. They they used to be great in the past. It's just, you know, so it's a work in progress. Yeah, at least Alex Avila's gone. So, oh, no, at <laughs> least Avila, both Avila's are gone. Now, I do love Alex Avila just because I thought he was a pretty good catcher and I th- I think he's a really great player at Detroit a lot of people loved him but Alavila very glad that he is gone he needed to go like a couple of years ago we got a new owner we got a new um GM now the owner yeah. not necessarily the biggest fan of but I won't go on that rant because I don't <laughs> think he cares about the Tigers very much but won't yeah. go on that rant too much so got a couple more questions okay. um before we end the podcast, this is kind of more of like a fun kind of question, but if you didn't play baseball in college, what sport would you want? What sport would you want to play? Like if you could see yourself playing a sport, any sport doesn't, it could have been a sport you played when you're young, could have been a sport you never played before. If there was any sport, what would you play? And if it had a, a position on the field, what would you want to play? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, growing up, like I said, I played football and lacrosse, and I loved both those sports. Uh, I would honestly probably say I'd be a golfer. I, I love the mental side of sports, and I think golf is another great sport where you know, stuff doesn't always go your way. You're constantly challenged. Um, I love playing golf. It's kind of a hobby for me, but at the end of the day, I look at these guys. Uh, I just watched the Waste Management in Arizona last weekend, and uh, – They've got the life. It's awesome. They travel the world. They get to play um, beautiful courses that, you know, it's bucket list courses for me. 
Uh, it's something that I definitely want to pursue once my baseball career is over, just as a, a major hobby. Um, I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely say golf. So, of course, I think a lot of people would agree Augusta is probably the number one or at least one of the top courses that people want to play or go to. Where would you put the waste management? Like, that's just the unique experience on hole 16, just like how everyone reacts. The waste management open just seems so much fun. It also doesn't seem like golf. Like, in every... Everywhere else you go, you see these tournaments and everyone's just like walking around. Everyone's just like enjoying it. And I'm a big golf fan. I'm a Tiger Woods fan Mm -hmm. as well. So I'm super excited that he's playing this week. But the Waste Mm -hmm. Management Open is so much fun, especially hole number 16. I I think it's just one of the coolest things ever, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, that's my favorite. I love watching the Masters. It's Masters will always be my number one favorite. Um, tournament to watch but waste management is just different watching a whole 16 i unfortunately we're, we're going to scottsdale next weekend so or this weekend so we missed it by a week but it's a bucket list i want to go to whole 16 one of these days and i remember just watching uh i forget who it was but someone had a hole in one on hole 16 and fans erupted it's you, you never see fans in golf you know yell it's always meant to be quiet but they're throwing you know their beers they're throwing their food they're throwing all the stuff on the course it's uh, it's a different environment, and I, I love that. So who's one of your – before we get into the last question, who's one of your favorite golfers? Do you have a favorite golfer, or are you just kind of more like watching just to enjoy and be able to watch like the majors like Augusta and the Masters? Or Do you have any of your favorite golfers, or is it more of just like you love playing and you just enjoy watching it when it gets you Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I would probably say Tiger Woods is my favorite just because of his story. And, you know, he's just – he's Tiger Woods. How could you how could you not like him? He's the Derek Jeter. He's the Michael Jordan of golf. He's uh, he's just special. And um, I love watching his son play too. But I have multiple different golfers. I, I love Justin Thomas. Um, I love uh, Bryson DeChambeau. I love Jordan Spieth. Um, Bubba Watson. Uh, Phil Mickelson is definitely a top three of mine. Uh, yeah, I would say those, those guys are definitely my favorite. What about Patrick Reed? What's your, your opinion on Patrick Reed? I don't like Patrick Reed to yeah. be completely honest with you, but maybe, so my, maybe I'm in the, um, not in the popular one, but I feel like a lot of people don't know. Like that's Patrick funny Reed. you say that. My dad actually went to the masters. I believe it was in 17 or 18. And, um, I said, so what'd you, th- what'd you think? And he's like, I think it was the year Patrick Reed won it. And he was like, uh, honestly, the whole crowd was cheering against Patrick Reed to, to lose. Because <laughs> he just, you know, he's one of those guys. He's obviously very talented, but you love the guys who kind of respect the game. And a lot of people feel like he doesn't. Um, he's kind of a loud mouth. He's, I've heard stories about him. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk, you know, bad about him. He's an insane golfer. And I'm sure he's a much better person than people project him to be, but. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up. Yeah, and that's awesome that your dad got to go to Masters. That's like a goal of mine. I know the chances of being able to be selected to go to Masters is extremely low, but that's so cool that he got to go and attend the Masters. And I I hope once in my life I get selected just to be able to say, hey, you know what, I got to go. I would love to it to be when Tiger's playing. 
Will, will that happen? Probably not. Maybe, maybe I'll be lucky one of these next few years, but yeah. I definitely want to go to a master's at some point. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, so before we get into kind of the last question, um, I just want to thank you again for taking your time out of your day. I know you've been incredibly busy with classes, with um, practice. I know you're probably getting ready to go out to Arizona. I just really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to join the podcast, to also your to all your statements. I think people will really appreciate those as well it's just been an honor to have you on and i hope that and i definitely think a lot of people will take a lot away from this podcast and will show support for you and your team um going into the season and throughout the season well thank you very much i appreciate you having me on yeah so the last question i want to ask and it's probably one of my favorite questions i ever asked is what kind of advice would you have to any baseball player that either wants to play in college or maybe a player that's struggling in college or even in high school below it? What would you kind of advice be to them being a college athlete at a school like the University of Michigan that has had a ton of success that is going into their senior year of college baseball? Um, the advice I would give to a kid who's decided baseball is a sport that he wants to play. Uh, I would definitely tell that kid to enjoy it. It is a child's game. I, you know, I try to act like I'm still 10 years old when I'm on the field and I'm 22 playing as a senior in college. Um, it's, you know, it's game of adversity, but if you can find a way to, to just kind of look at it as a, as a children's game, be a kid whenever you're out there and uh, you know, just relax, have fun, stop worrying about external stuff that you can't control, whether it's fans, weather, uh, scouts, whatever it may be. And just if you can focus on, you know, what made you fall in love with the game in the first place, that's when you have the most success. And when it comes to a college kid or even a high school kid who's getting recruited struggling um, or at the prof professional level, I would just say the same thing. Like, go back to what made you fall in love with it. Um, why did you start playing in the first place? What made you decide that this is what you want to do? And at the end of the day, it's all about hard work. Whatever you put into the cage is whatever you're going to get out of it. So. You can kind of have those two thoughts in, in mind. I think uh, those are the tools to be successful. Awesome. I definitely think a lot of people will take that advice that you said. I think that's a great advice of going back to why you love the sport. I think that's one of the more difficult things to do when people are facing challenges or struggling to find why they did the sport in general. If you're able to find that, I definitely think that improves – how they play, how they see the sport. I definitely think they'll improve how many people watch the sport as well. But yeah, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I wish you nothing but the best this season. I hope you, I hope your team has an amazing season this year. There's always an open invitation to come back whenever you want. You don't necessarily have to. I would love to talk to you after the season. If you're willing to, we can talk a little bit more about that if you're up for it. But the invite is always open to you, to any player that you know, to any Michigan player. You're actually the first Michigan player to ever join the podcast. So that's pretty cool as well. But the invitation is always open. I wish you nothing but the best. I wish nothing but your team the best as well. Good luck this weekend. and. 
I hope you are able to reach your goals, be able to get in the MLB, have a great season, and hope you can compete for the Big Ten Championship. Thank you very much. Go Blue.